Hey, Chad, check out the cool new stuff that we just put up on the internet. Oh, dude, we have been posting some hot threads, but oh, I haven't seen these new ones. Ooh, what's this over here? Oh, yeah, touch them. Touch and feel the softness of them. Oh, I am. I'm reaching across the internet through the screen, like a very creepy effect, and I'm These are some good threads. You set your hand teleporter up to goosebuds.store. Puts you right there into the internet. You can feel the ball boy shirt. <laughs> Beautiful ball boys. <laughs> You can feel the you can you can feel the skelly and you can feel the hat uh, the goosebuds hat that looks like it kind of has weed signs on it. Yeah, it's a great way to show that you love both possibly marijuana and the podcast Goosebuds. Uh, where do you, where do you go, Paul? That is goosebuds.store. See you there, you dirty weedsters. <laughs> So, oh man, I, I had a rough night to share with you. Go on, uh, Layden. Particularly, I think you'll commiserate. I, yes. I, I, I'm I'm the spirit. I got <laughs> I got hex devour hope going, and I'm I'm in uh, I'm in Coldwind Farm, and I got five stacks on hex devour hope because you know spirit's so good at getting that twenty four to thirty two meter. Distance oh yeah, you it's like hook. It. I'm out of here. I'm not oh, here. My. You can't see me. I'm gone. I'm out. Go help your friend off the hook. It'll totally be fine. I got five stacks, so now I'm just like instant morying people as I chase them all down. I get a four kill, five gens still up, feeling <laughs> great, and then they all DC. I got no blood points. What the fuck? What the fuck? Oh, well, would, wouldn't you have not gotten that many in the first place? Because when it's over that fast, it's just like, you were too good at this. Fuck yourself. They punish you for being too good? <laughs> Jeffrey Daylight punishes you for a lot of things. You rank up, punishment. You play, punishment. You do well, punishment. Uh You fuck up, punishment. Yeah, if you do a good job as a killer, your reward at the end is people saying very mean things to you in the chat afterward. <laughs> Try hard, sweaty, get good. Oh, baby baby killer had to had to camp. I'm like, "What what do you want me to do?" You're there's like, "Oh, tunneler." It's like you kept running into me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I feel like this is the state of video games now is no matter what you do, uh, horrors will be wrought upon you at the end of the game, no matter what. Uh, yeah, we're just a yeah. bunch of all Dead by Daylight players have a certain amount of like masochism to them. Like, uh, otherwise, we wouldn't do this. I mean, the the auras getting fucked. So it's like, oh, I'm blind now. And then the, the fix looks good, at least. But yeah, God, mm-hmm. damn. I, I played that game for the first time with Chad. And that was so fun. It, they don't, again, uh, they punish you by, if you just start playing their game, they're like, here's everything. Uh, <laughs> figure it the fuck oh, out. Oh, you have one perk? Yeah. <laughs> you get none of the abilities that'll help you stay alive in any way or kill people. Just run around. They give you all the menus with none of the things in them. So you can see all the stuff that you do not have. So were you guys doing public uh, matches? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Some, yeah. What was the guy that murdered us very quickly, Chad? Uh, we, I think tr- we ran against the trapper who puts down big old bear traps. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We had two trappers... 
And then I think we just kept running into trappers nonstop. Well, we had that Paul- that one trapper. We were so bad that they took pity on us and followed us <laughs> around and let us accomplish all the tasks and then opened the door for us and stood there and waved goodbye as we walked out. <laughs> Right. It was a, actually that that's a, sweet. It was a beautiful moment, actually. Some sometimes you get a little farming going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was nice. Well, well, my my favorite moments in Dead by Daylight, besides really good solid games, are when like without because you can't talk in this game, right? You can't communicate in the middle of matches. So mm-hmm. there's this, there's moments of like the killer and the four survivors all having to like improving a scene right it's almost kind of this, like, <laughs> this silent shift from like oh i guess we're not trying to kill each other now you we're all just spinning in circles while you you cast <laughs> yes, electricity and. over us <laughs> yeah. dude they they when we when we had our nice moment chad before we left made us do you made us do that little like ritual before the the trapper and we put our items down in front of it like kind of like a bow like a polite bow before we left <laughs> That's right. it's it's a peace offering a lot of times you can do that if you know you're fucked, uh-huh. sometimes most of the time the killer hits you, and then you get to see the cool backflip animation because uh-huh. if they hit you from that angle, it looks sick as fuck. Cool, yeah. But uh, sometimes they'll like shake their head yes, and then you're good. That's cool. A lot of killers will go AFK uh, and have macros going, so it's like swipe power, swipe power. And there was a pyramid head who was doing that exact thing, and so we were running around, getting hit, healing, doing it again. Mm-hmm. And then the exit gates got powered, and I was like, I'll let him get one last hit in. Mm-hmm. And he had no head, and I went down, and then suddenly he was no longer AFK. I, <laughs> it was I, only one way, person sacrifice. I love, and I, I think I started this conversation intentionally this way, if you've not played Dead by Daylight, this is probably abstract as fuck, yeah. I gotta imagine. Yeah. <laughs> well, you two were you were you were both talking a separate language at the beginning. Like literally, I could not. Under- I understand. I understood blood points. That's all I got was blood points. And it was like I'm learning yeah. how to speak. I'm learning how to read some Japanese. And it was like I recognized the one hiragana that I knew <laughs> of all. This. And I was like, oh, I got that one. I've got that one. Okay. <laughs> I know that means water. <laughs> you start running into like, oh yeah, I gotta wait out this DS. Gotta bait the DS. God, I'm gonna get BT right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Paul, Paul had the best. And, and I gotta say, if you if you are everything but played Dead by Daylight, I gotta I gotta share that like when we played last Thursday, it was me who has played like 300 hours and mm-hmm. still garbage. You, Paul, first timer. Kevin Cole, first timer, mm-hmm. and uh, our friend Josh Omega Bagel, uh, first timer, and just hearing you guys scream, scatter, and giggling as you run away from a man with a sword—it was, so, was scary. so fucking it was great. So scary. I loved it. I, I loved. Watching I described it. the game as the feeling of being chased up a staircase. The game. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, that's Ooh. the best part about uh, playing with friends because you just get to hear them scream. Uh, and if you do the, <laughs> you get that magical moment where it's like, oh, it's Michael Myers. Oh, he's being friendly. He's just looking at me. He's, <laughs> he's just, just staring at me. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, oh. he charges his power by staring at you. Run, run, you son of a bitch. Or like, is there blood supposed to be coming out of this generator? <laughs> uh-huh. Dude, that sounds, oh, that's awesome. I haven't, ex- I see, I feel like there's so much I haven't experienced yet. So Michael Myers just stares at you and builds power and then does horrors to you. Yes, Pretty much. he has like, yeah, like three he, tiers. Uh, oh. So the first one, he has no terror radius. Yeah, so he can just get the drop on you. Uh-huh. Uh, and if you're if he gets to tier three, everybody's a one hit down, um, and he's super fast. Oh, scary. And then there's Ghostface. You hear the little like Halloween theme, which is so cool. Yeah. Yeah, but that's how you all know it's happening. So if you hear that, you're fucked. You're very scared then, okay. 
I think Ghostface is even scarier, Lane. You're about to bring up Ghostface. Yes. He is like, I. The, he's the only one who will consistently jump scare me. And like, I love playing him. Playing against him makes me so nervous because <laughs> like, I just get, oh man, just the worst feeling where you're like, okay, I'm on a generator. I'm looking around mm-hmm. me. I'm looking around me. Oh, shit. <laughs> It's so- yeah, because well, yeah, just to help understand, if you haven't seen it, Ghostface from Scream has the same thing of Michael Myers where you don't really hear him coming, uh-huh. and he gets powered by staring at you, but he also can crouch and peek around corners. So, like, you'll literally <laughs> see a little spooky face just, like, staring out around a corner at you. You're like, oh, that's not, oh, that's not a bush. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> it's, it's like the type, like, you should not be able to be scared in, like, a, a like, an, a, like, arena with other multiplayer like stuff going on it i feel like there's like something about that that's like inherently not scary but i was like squealing the whole time and and like i had to be like i'm not putting this on this is true terror that's coming out of me (laughs) yeah well it's most of the time it's not even that scary it's just so intensely stressful that you're just like very on edge Uh uh-huh um Oh, fuck. Yeah. With Ooh. Ghostface, it's funny to me because there are a bunch of killers, you know, if you have like Kindred or Object of Obsession or any perk that lets you see everybody's auras. Mm-hmm. I love the walk animations on so many of the killers. Like, mm-hmm. uh, Ghostface is the only one who will run after you, which I think makes oh. him a little bit scarier because once he's out of stealth, like he just puts the knife up and hoofs it again after Ugh. you. But like somebody like... um. Uh, Bubba like kind of shuffles around like a little yeah. little dingus. But my favorite <laughs> is that uh, my friend put it like this: that like Michael Myers is so scary when he's walking because he's walking like he desperately has to take a shit and is like <laughs> <laughs> clenching on the way to the bathroom. Uh-huh. Like the man has places to be. He has to murder you so he can go take a shit. Yeah, that's going to be a challenge in those coveralls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. He only has that one cosmetic too. Like, that's a good, that's a good power balance of like you could build evil, the, evil within, right? I think that's the, the power yeah. he has. You build evil within, but after tier three, you got to go find uh, a closet to take a poop in. You have to find <laughs> one of the lockers to to like spend thirty seconds, and you walk out, and you're much faster and lighter. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's the true curse of like coveralls or jumpsuits or whatever. Like if you have to take a shit, you got to get fully naked like a toddler. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. We should also probably introduce uh our guest by the way. Uh Sure. Welcome yes. to Goosebuds. Welcome to Goosebuds. Hello. Uh, I'm Chad. I'm Paul. Uh Dom is Dom is stuck in the shadow realm again. God, he keeps get, he's wandering in we, there. We, we got to like do We something get him out there. once and then he just instantly wanders back in. Yeah. It's tough. We got to put a gate up or something. Mm-hmm. Uh <laughs> but we are joined by uh, the wonderful uh, Layton, uh, who you might know uh, from Dream Daddy, uh, amazing internet art, or mm-hmm. being a pro Dead by Daylight player. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very funny thing to say. Thank you uh, for the introduction. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, I, Business Insider interviewed me about my desk setup recently, and they were like, Leighton Gray, a Twitch streamer. I was like, wait, that's uh-huh. not. <laughs> Did you recoil at the title, Twitch? You're like, no, that's not me. That ain't me. It's like, I divest from this. I'm never doing this again. I'm terminating my Twitch account. Don't call me that. That's <laughs> yeah. a, a dirty word. I saw that. I didn't read to read the article. It was because you just have like amazing pink and pastel keyboards, right? Like I, I saw yeah. you like getting really into that. Oh, do you have like the yeah. cool like mechanical keyboard with all the swapped out cool buttons and stuff? Oh, dude, I have like five of them. Mm. I have a serious problem. Um, I currently, my my daily driver is I have a split keyboard with an ortholinear layout. Oh, um, yeah. So like instead of space bar and stuff, you have thumb clusters. Okay. Uh, I got all my macros set up. Woo! I'm, 
Yeah, I have, let's see. I have this one. I got clear and brown switches on this. I have another one that's uh, red switches. I have another one that's brown switches. I have another one that's razor greens. I have a macro pad. Like, Damn. And you're like, please stop me. Please stop me. <laughs> Somebody please, for the love of God, take my drop account away from me and unsubscribe from r slash mechanical keyboards. <laughs> it's disgusting. What determines what color or scheme you're going with on your keyboard? Is it like what your task is? Like I'm hacking today or is mm-hmm. it more like your moods? Um, most of mine are pink, actually. Again, I have a problem, but you know, I have like a pink CRT on my desk, and you, oh, know, you gotta cool. have the unified aesthetic. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, you buy keycap sets. Um, the one that I have on my keyboard right now is uh, SA Vile Bloom. If anybody cares to Google that, it's yellow and Gonna pink and navy, and it's just really nice. SA Vile um, Bloom. I want to see this. Oh, that is that is gorgeous. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. Lane, I want to see you do one of those kind of like, I can't even remember what magazine did it before the pandemic, but those like very much celebrity like, ah, 37 questions about me. And then you get like a tour of their home. I wanted to just be you doing one of those for like Vogue, but it's just about your keyboards. Yeah, I could do that. I mean, on our, you know, I have my own podcast late in night with Brian Wecht that we also have a Patreon for and I end up. You know, we do a couple of videos a month for the top tier and like mm-hmm. most of mine are mechanical keyboard related. <laughs> I'm just like, hey, I'm going to clean this. Hope you're getting your money's worth. You're doing ASMR now. This is what you're doing. This is what you're doing to me. <laughs> just as I run my fingers over these mechanical keys, clack, 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 clack. Not the worst idea. Yeah, it's wait. Hold idea. on. Hold on. Hold on. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Two, two seconds. Okay. Okay. <laughs> this is this is such a good shit show of an episode. I love the yeah, I love the like the distance uh distance screaming. I'm, I'm a fucking professional. Will my uh headphones reach this far? Am I gonna do it again? Are you gonna do it again? Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded like you just hit a big gong. Like, yeah. What, what it's like you're banging your head on stuff. Got a real like Wayne Zelensky vibe going on right now. That that's my prof- that's my professionalism gong. I have to hit it every time, um, so you know I'm serious about audio engineering. Yeah, I'm picturing something out of a Kingsman or a Bond movie where like the walls of your bedroom open up and just this like nice display of different keyboard setups, all like meticulously laid out for you to choose from. Huh, I wonder today what are we gonna what are we gonna be typing with? Okay, so I have a switch tester, yeah. which is this thing. Okay. You can hear a lot oh, of different ones. Cr- that sounds oh, great. Nice. So is it just to like? Is it just to make sure everything's uh, up on the up and up? The tester. It's it's sort of like a sampler. So if you want to like go buy full sets for you to oh. put in your hot swap keyboards or for you to solder in, it's like oh here are all the different types. Like here's a really tactile one. Those are uh, Zelioses. Uh, we got sick. some speed copper bronze. Uh, we got a jade box switch. We got a couple of other box switches here. Um, you know, you got your tactile, you got your clicky, <laughs> all the good, all the good. It's like a wine connoisseur. I like this. Yeah, right? This is a, a, <laughs> Cute a, keyboard sommelier. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Would you like to sniff the escape button before I install We've it? We've got notes of a Commodore 64 keyboard here. <laughs> Our special tonight <laughs> is a clear switch, 60%. Uh, it goes very well with an empty wallet. <laughs> So should we should we address the not the elephant what the, uh, what the, the elephant in the room? I mean, like so oh we we that's yeah right. we that's right. we were all I was trying to think of a spookier animal than an elephant, but elephants, while gentle, can be terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, rhinos are deadly; they're pretty spooky. Rhinos are pretty fucking scary. Yeah, and that play rhinoceros, but everyone turned into rhinos. That's pretty scary. Uh, according to the book that I read and that Leighton read today, <laughs> uh, 
All oh. animals, especially dogs and cats, are very scary. But Chad, apparently, go on. I, well, I'm mad. So, like, <laughs> we, I, I read a different book than both of you. But also, like, just to understand, like, like Layden, we have been working to get this episode for a while now. Uh, yeah, we we started this in the before times yeah. when we were in the Game Grumps office, and I happened to be wearing my uh, Goosebumps uh, Say Cheese and Die t-shirt. Yeah. Uh, that might have been in, like, February, maybe. Mm-hmm. That was mm-hmm. another world ago. And, and we have ordered multiple copies of this book, yep. not realizing that the special 10 spooky stories is not actually a descriptive title of the books, but instead just, this is a design. It's a design error here. We've got a design error. Yeah. There are multiple, what at least five books called 10 spooky stories. Yeah. They all have the same name, but they're differentiated in their special edition number, which I just thought was a cool name. Like I thought it was like each one had a cool new cover. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, So, does your version have this really fucked up skeleton frog on it? No. Does yours? Yeah, I I got skeleton frog. Yeah, it's uh. Why does it have human femurs? <laughs> like it's it's just like clearly they got they looked at a human skeleton and were like, yeah, frogs look like that, right? <laughs> oh, he is he is uh, proportionally a fucking monster. Yeah, even from a exaggeration. I want to look up an actual frog skeleton. I'm gonna do this right. The fuck they got now. they got the turtle skeleton right, in my opinion. I don't know. I mean, I'm not a doctor, but I can. I think that that is what a turtle skeleton would look like. Yo, frogs frog skeletons are fucked up. Let's see. <laughs> let's see what they look like here. Frog skeleton. Okay. Yeah. Let's all make sure we're looking at like oh scientifically accurate. Oh, it's like. They they put a tibia and a fibia on this motherfucker. It doesn't need it. <laughs> hey, listen, Tim Jacobus, amazing artist, uh-huh. maybe not an expert of animal biology. Maybe. Why are all of them skeletons except for the bulldog? <laughs> oh, yeah. Why is that? I guess he didn't know how to draw a bulldog skeleton. He didn't think it would track. <laughs> or that like a dog skeleton would be d- too disturbing, but a human skeleton in converse that's somehow the same size as this very large frog in a snapback <laughs> is. I don't <laughs> I think that dog. I think that dog is actually coming to eat and bury all of these skeleton creatures that are hanging out. Oh, oh he wants to munch. He's 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 coming for a munch. <laughs> Wait, so I read that one with frog skeletons on the cover. Layden, did you you got different copies of different books because the mail kept getting delayed? Mm-hmm. Support the U.S. Postal Service, by mm-hmm, the way. Of course, support the U.S. Postal Service. Yes. Uh, it got delayed for months, and I kept ordering different copies, not realizing I was giving you different books. <laughs> yeah, so I now have... Thank you for the veritable collection. Beautiful. Um, so wait, the ones that you read, mine started with the haunted guitar. Oh. Yeah, I had haunted guitar. Oh, so I'm the wrong one. Ha, Paul! <laughs> I am, oh, shit! <laughs> I am the wrong one this time. Okay. <laughs> mine has a cool... Mine is awesome because it has... Tim Jacobus drew, he, no limitations on this one, drew six curlies on the front of my book, uh, <laughs> one of which has a, a sick headband and skeleton hair, uh, which ha- is, that happens, right? So your hair keeps growing. Skeletons have hair for our, that reason. Our, our skeleton also has a little triangle of hair Does on it? Him. Yeah. I think, the, I think the default, either whether they're, they're, they're curly or not, has a mohawk because that was cool. You guys, ha- you guys have Jughead curly for sure. Like that's like that's like a military curly. Wait, so are the, are the are the skeletons curlies? What's the deal? This is a Jake Busey in uh, uh, Starship Troopers yes. type haircut. It's very like cut your hair hippie type of curly you guys have. Yeah, uh, Layton, 
Curly is the the cool laughing skeleton who isn't in any of the books. He's just a cool skeleton that hangs out with all the other Goosebumps mascots. Oh God! God, to be to be a mascot skeleton <laughs> in the nineties. <laughs> no, no cares in the world other than our kids reading your books. Yeah. Wait. So wait. Uh, uh, Paul, you have the one where they're around a campfire. Yeah, I have the one with all like. There's I see a, that they're having a cool story time. One is very scared. Uh, the rest look like they're just having a great time though. Yeah. Wow. Oh, there's one where they're in a little inflatable pool. Yeah, pool, that's a vibe. Do you see the do you see the snowboarding one? The the winter uh curly? Um oh my god, why didn't we read this one? I know, it's all winter themed. There's a Jack Frost one, and it's why what? I hate Jack Frost, which I'm assuming is just an essay about the movie Jack Frost that he inserted <laughs> in the center. Is this the is this the double the second reference to the Jack Frost movie in, in as many Goosebumps episodes? <laughs> I think you might be uh, you're right. I forgot yeah. that we talked about that on the last episode. <laughs> yeah, we had TK Johnson on to talk about uh, Beware the Snowman, and it also came up. That movie is burned into our collective brains, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. It's fine, yeah. It's a real awake during surgery kind of movie. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, so, Layden, I mean, the reason we were even doing these is because this was one you requested. You you asked, like, I want them 10 spooky stories, particularly a certain short story, right? Oh. Well, yeah, it's, it's very funny because the one that I – was referencing was mirror mirror uh i don't i don't think i ever read this i don't know what book this is i certainly <laughs> never read this and i was thinking of another <laughs> mirror based goosebump story that now i'm convinced i dreamed uh because this th- this was not it um i enjoy- I, en- I enjoyed it nonetheless <laughs> Good. I'm glad this wasn't it. I hope. I hope that you have like a like a story that you've experienced that no one else has, and I'd love. I would love for you to write it at some point. Mirror, mirror. Yeah. So yeah. the the mirror, mirror on the wall in this book is uh, it's like a girl who's really vain, mm-hmm. keeps looking in the mirror, and then her reflection is like, "Eat shit, I'm you now," uh, and then puts her in the mirror. <laughs> oh, cool. Which is a cool story. Yeah. Yeah, the the one that I remember was like a girl goes into like a mirror world or like some sort of doorway or portal uh-huh. that I thought was a mirror and then it's sort of in a uh, uh, strange different place. I think okay. that or my brain just my child brain embellished I- the fuck out of this story. Sure. Well, yeah, because at first I thought maybe you were referring to Let's Get Invisible, which is the full book about like, oh, this mirror turns you into ghosts and kids from another dimension are slipping through. But like. Even the one you're oh, describing. Oh, that might have been it. It could be, or maybe you found a cursed book, right? Maybe this is the like that book never existed. Says the mm-hmm. librarian who gave you gave it to you. Well, book. I mean, that's basically like what one of the stories, which was probably my favorite one in uh, this book, uh, the the what was it the TV one? Tune in tomorrow. Oh yeah, I want to talk talk about. I guess like we could just kind of like select our favorite short stories. That I was gonna say, these. I think you'll have to tell me about the stories because I read ten other short stories that you have never heard of before and don't know anything about. <laughs> well, Paul, we also want to hear those too. But uh, yeah, do you? Yeah, okay. I, I just want to know the log lines at least, okay. or like the pre- the half premises. <laughs> okay, all right, I'll do that uh, for you. Uh, I mean, we should we should say before we get into is like you know too like. What what's your like history with Goosebumps besides you know uh, inventing entire books in your head that didn't exist? I don't know. I've always been into this spooky shit to some degree or another, um, and I would always go for them uh, in school. Of like, I'm not going to read 
Well, I'm lying and saying that I didn't read Magic Treehouse. I was all about Magic Treehouse, but I was like, <laughs> I need something a little, a little bit more edge lord. Uh, so for the goosebumps, yeah. For the uh, scary stories to tell in the dark, of course. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've I've always really enjoyed Goosebumps. I especially like. I had a when I was really young, I had a family member in like hospice care, but like for some reason they thought it was appropriate that for like the kids, which a a kid's room in a hospice center is like a very grim place. Sure, yeah. But they had sure. like. They almost exclusively had Goosebumps books. <laughs> You're like, hey, you thinking about death? <laughs> yeah, I mean, death is just of the beginning is what they maybe wanted kids to pick up on. Like, look at this, these fun ghosts who all had a whole life after this. <laughs> maybe your grandma's going to come back as a cool skeleton. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's so dark, but also real. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, so I blame that. That really radicalized me. <laughs> <laughs> It's like finding a communist pamphlet when you're 13 and it just changes your life. That that definitely grew a mohawk onto your skeleton. It made it radical as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) I'm hanging up. I'm gone. Goodbye. (laughs) I'm done. I mean, yeah, I guess I guess let's like talk about some of our favorite ones because yeah, we had, we covered twenty short stories in this episode essentially. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Like Layton, when you read Mirror Mirror, I'm assuming you did you jump to that one thinking that's like this is it, this is the story I thought it was. Well, it was the second to last one. I wanted to build up to it, you know, get good. That so you went suspense, and then I got to it and was like, what the fuck? Okay, so you went in order. You went through the whole book. You didn't you didn't skip around. Yeah, because I'm a God-fearing fucking, uh, I, I play by the rules. Of course, yeah. Oh, Gotta yeah. play by the rules. We're, we're if we've getting... learned anything from, from Goosebumps stories, if you don't go by the rules, you're fucked. Oh, <laughs> you didn't, you lied to your parents about brushing your teeth. Good luck mm-hmm. with this summer camp where you're going to groundhog day it. <laughs> Which one is that? Uh, I don't, the sound, when you groundhog day at a camp, I don't remember that one. Uh yeah, it's like a, a summer camp where like the guy's trying to figure out, well, what do I do? What do I do so I can stop replaying this day and then realize that he lied to his mom about brushing his teeth and then uh, he brushes his teeth and it's fine. I don't know Jeez. if I remember that one yet. I, I can't wait to find it. That's definitely not Camp Jelly Jam or no, Camp it's not. Nightmare. It's not Camp Jelly Jam. I do huh. love me some Camp Jelly Jam. Yo, Camp Jelly Jam is actually a good Goosebumps book. That one rocks. <laughs> yeah, I love um, the one with where the kid gets turned into a bee. Great yeah, time. Uh-huh. Love it. Because it's oh, just like, yeah. you know what? I am going to kill myself to make this stop. <laughs> 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 it's grim. It, it's the, the best ones are grim. Yeah, there's some good grim ones in, in the book that I read that I'll have to tell you about there. I think there is one that involves a, a self-sack at the end, too, which is great. Okay. <laughs> self-sack. Wait, I have a question. In you guys' opinion, what's the most fucked up Goosebumps book? Ooh, I've I've fucked up. I've been saying this since the beginning. Uh, the second book, no, no, hold on, sorry, the fourth book, "Say Cheese and Die," uh, it re- revolves around the camera that when you take a picture of it, mm-hmm. it, it makes bad things happen to you and people die from it. And the kids right. use the camera to take a picture of a man at the end who dies. They murder a man at the end of the mm-hmm. book. That's pretty fucked. They commit murder and then they revisit those kids later and they're not upset about the fact that they murdered a man with this camera. They knowingly killed a man. <laughs> In cold blood. In cold blood. Is that the same one as, I don't know if it's the first or second uh, Say Cheese, where a kid just gets like murdered on a baseball stadium or a baseball field? Like you, a bat thwacks him in the yeah, back of I the think, head. I think that, I think it's a later one where they have that. Okay. Yeah. That one's pretty, that one's pretty fucked up. Yeah. They're pretty um, messed up. I, I don't know if it's scary, but I, I always go back to Shocker on Shock Street in terms of that like twist of 
these kids were mm-hmm. even real and they were robots meant to test out a theme park like that beyond being dumb as a twist <laughs> it makes me go just like i don't know what does reality even mean anymore like can you even believe <laughs> that your life is it's very much like kids first matrix right yes. like oh my god it's like when i was playing yeah. sim city 2000 and there's a, you can read the newspaper in the game and you read the one article and it's about a kid who's playing sim city in school inside of sim city and he's like makes me wonder if like what if i'm in a video game right now and i, I remember <sighs> reading that as a kid and being like <laughs> <laughs> that was that was my first Matrix. Well, that's kind of the premise of Tune In Tomorrow, right? One of the ones that laid the yeah, I read. Yep. Um, I just looked up the I wanted to see the cover art for Shocker on Shock Street, and I found this beautiful shirt that is unfortunately okay, okay. sold. Oh. Um oh, look at how yeah. fucking sick that is. I uh, definitely the, saw that shirt on sale at Kohl's when I was twelve, and I wish I had bought it. That is dope as hell. <gasps> There's something, re- this is totally a sidebar, but there's something really, really funny about going on Depop or wherever the kids sell their e-girl clothings, mm-hmm. uh, where you see shit that you wore when you were a child that was really, you know, you look back in embarrassment, and you're like, why did I think that a long sleeve shirt with a short sleeve shirt, sh- short sleeve shirt on top of it with like a monkey on it was cool? Uh-huh. And then you see like some pastel like uh, appropriation where it's like, this is Y2K aesthetic. This is soft grunge. Uh-huh, um, uh-huh. It's like, what? Wh- excuse me? What the fuck? Yep. This is cool now? No. Yeah. No, it was never cool. It wasn't cool when I did it then. It's not cool now. I was, I suffered for my fashion back when I was 12. And now all you young kids are just, <laughs> just wearing it without any repercussions. Well, they've skated over all the like ugly stages where it's like sure. when I was a kid, I was wearing cargo shorts and those mm-hmm. ugly plaid Bermuda shorts. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. No fear, no fear cargo shorts with multiple oh, patches. God. Yeah. They don't have to deal yeah. with any of the, any of the problems that we dealt with. Any of the, any of the awkward finding ourselves period of, of fashion. Oh, yeah. Years. And then like makeup where you're like, blue eyeshadow looks good. Uh-huh. I'm going <laughs> to, yeah. I'm still mad hell? about, like, this is kind of, this is kind of half related. I'm still mad about, like, I have this very vivid memory of middle school, uh, Catholic middle school, the teacher, calling me out because I was secretly reading the Pokemon red and blue and yellow perfect strategy guide. <laughs> uh, and like she called me out and the entire class just like mocked me and made fun of me. Like what a fucking dork. And now people are just like walking around with like Pikachu ear, you know, like, uh-huh. earrings. like mother mm-hmm. motherfucker. I was ahead of the game, I guess. Okay, cool. <laughs> Look, Chad, you stormed the beachhead uh, and yeah. you were a hero. Okay. <laughs> ahead of your time. Yeah. You'll be remembered as a hero. Don't worry. I love. Okay, I, so I, I, yeah. let's ahead, let's later. talk about these spooky stories. Yeah, yes, oh, please. Yeah. <laughs> please, thank you for getting us back on task, Lane. Thank you. Well, no, because my podcast is the same way. Where I'll just be like, "You guys think Danny Elfman is hot? Do you want to talk about this for forty-five <laughs> minutes and then not address any of the things that we thought we were going to talk about?" Guest, I don't give. A f- <laughs> Do you think Danny Elfman is hot? Guest, what about Philip Seymour Hoffman? Don't argue with me. <laughs> you guys like Taco Bell? Are you sad about cheesy fiesta potatoes leaving? Anyway. I- uh, I am subscribing to all of these stances, Layden. By the way, I'm a, I'm I'm ten for ten on all of these. Hey, I'd say Philip Seymour Hoffman is at his hottest in uh, not Magnolia, the other P.T. Anderson, the master, <laughs> not the, the, the master. <laughs> uh, Boogie Nights. No, fuck. What? A, oh shit. What am I? I'm blo- Big Lebowski. No, the sexiest the, the Big Adam, Lebowski. The Adam Sandler one. Punch Drunk Love. Punch Drunk Love. Oh. oh, yeah, yeah. Shut the fuck up. Shut the shut, fuck. Shut, shut, shut. 
You know what? No, he he's <laughs> hottest hot. in Todd Salon's uh, 1998 classic, Happiness. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's definitely, yeah, peak, peak <laughs> Philip Seymour. You were nothing. <laughs> you were zero. I, I was kind of feeling Silver Fox uh, Hunger Games, Philip Seymour Hoffman, just like hmm. okay. thinking about ways to kill kids, you know, just looking over this like hologram table about how can I make... How can I make the Hunger Games? We all just want Philip Seymour Hoffman to punish us. That's all it is. Yeah. Oh, step on my throat, Philip Seymour <laughs> yeah. Hoffman. Just, I want to uh. see more of him. Uh. <laughs> Every day I miss Philip Seymour Hoffman. I, I, <laughs> I think about, so there was for a while a tweet going around that was like, it's, this scene in uh, Along Came Polly, a bad mm. movie, mm-hmm. oh, is God. the greatest pratfall of all time because it's 0% telegraphed. It's uh-huh. like him walking into the ballroom or whatever and like no warning, just completely. It's like the most expert piece of physical comedy uh. I've ever seen. Uh. Wait, Philip Seymour Hoffman's also in Along Came Polly and does a pratfall? Hold he- on, I'm finding this so you can watch it. Also, there's a great scene in that movie where it's like he, him talking to a boardroom um, that's just like fucking expert. I'm so excited. I, I have that memory. Like, I've seen that movie so many times because it was on my college TV station, mm-hmm. like the ones in the dorms, mm-hmm. the show free movies. And I just, oh, what a miserable film. What a, like, what a pleasant time Along Came Polly there's, was. There's like the period in Adam Sandler and Ben Stiller's careers where they're like, you could be in in like mainstream romantic comedies. And yeah, that this is the beginning of of the Ben Stiller period. I'm gonna watch. Yeah, that. yeah, this is that. This is that. Like, okay, I'm looking at this call. This is like video titled "Best Movie Fall Along Came Polly." Damn! <laughs> oh, and it's during the title sequence too. Yeah, the credits are still rolling when he takes the fall. That's like the height of the movie. Does this like the introduction to his character in the movie? I think so. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh God! I I want that kind of timing, you know. Uh huh. Uh huh. It's it's so natural. Like what? It, that's like a method fall right there. If a you told me fall. that that was yeah. like an unintentional slip, and and Philip Seymour Hoffman just rolled with it because he's a pro, <laughs> yeah. I would totally believe you. <laughs> <laughs> he just takes it. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's like it's like the like Malkovich getting hit in the back of his head during uh, that scene for being John Malkovich, and just like <laughs> just not supposed to be in it. the film, but he mm. just rolls with it. It'd be, it'd be one of the best parts. Uh huh. Yeah, it's Robin. Leonardo cutting his hand, right? It's the it's the it's the moment where yeah, yeah, where yeah. they should have stopped, where they should have called cut, but <laughs> they kept going. What's what's the best one? Is it that or um, I'm also a big fan of the uh, Hateful Eight smashing the guitar and and it's the actual priceless, priceless guitar yeah. Yeah. And, and Jennifer Jennifer Lee is that her name right uh, yes, Jennifer like, Jason Lee yeah, yeah. yeah she's like genuinely reacting to the guitar being destroyed is uh, oh, is a pretty beautiful. good one it's beautiful uh, Layton I just want to say congratulations on using your example of how we get distracted on podcasts and then we <laughs> further got distracted on this podcast it was beautiful. Yeah. Hey, got him. <laughs> <laughs> it's also all of us just going like, please don't make me talk about these stupid books. Please don't make me Do fucking talk to? about them. Do we have to talk about them? <laughs> How about we each talk about a short story that resonated with us in some way, okay. whether good or bad? Okay. Uh, I liked, uh, I'll, <laughs> I really liked the first one actually in uh, our book of mm. 10 short yeah. stories. The Haunted Guitar, because it was R.L.'s take on um, uh, Crossroads story okay. of a blues book. Okay. The, I guess the only way to do these like 13-page stories is just kind of give you the rundown of... Well, can I say uh, overall, 
uh, yeah. reading a ten a ten story book, I realized that like this is just the each one of these was a full Goosebumps book condensed yeah. down into about ten fifteen pages, and it is very good for the stories. Very yeah. very good. Yeah, my god. Totally agree. Totally agree. It, like this example of this haunted guitar one by page three. You're you're talking to the boy is talking to a ghost named Memphis Willie. Memphis Willie, yeah. <laughs> Memphis and this Willie. is Gertie, my guitar. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was enjoying all of this. Like, oh, RL, you better watch out. You're getting into some dangerous territory, RL. Uh, but like by page three or four, Willie is telling you, like, I just can't stop playing this guitar. Oh, it's like the music just won't stop but maybe you want to play this guitar i'm like yeah this is the end of the book this is the like the turn of the story sure. at the very least uh i i agree with you paul like it, they work so much faster as kind of like little digestible you know what they're quick bites a good they're quick, quick a, bites. yes yes yeah these are genius. We should I, make a platform for these. There should we be should a- make a platform where you can just only read these on your phone, <laughs> quick bites, and you can't share them. Do not share them. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, the the big the big failure of uh, Quibi or whatever the fuck. That's the failure. Yes, it's the yeah, non shareability. Uh- <laughs> I mean, like, it's like exclusive, in, in, one might argue. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, in the one in the haunted guitar, the title also tells you everything you need to know I about think, it. Dude, I think most of these, the first one in my book that I read by accident, that was the wrong book, is called The Werewolf's First Night. And it's literally just about the first night this kid becomes a werewolf. And that's, that's, he, they spoils it with the title. Anyways, go on. Sorry. I'm, I'm That's kind of right. I mean, I'm just saying like in terms of there's not much more than kind of the hook and the premise in each one. It's it's he, you know, picks up this guitar and suddenly Memphis Willie is just gone mm-hmm. and, and he can't stop playing it. Mm-hmm. And my only note is they talk about how tough it is. Like, oh, my fingers are starting to hurt. and I really can't set the guitar down. Like, to be fair, if this is like your first time playing guitar, your fingers would be like cut the fuck. Oh yeah, uh huh. Like yeah, I, I think there's like a VH1 uh, like anthology series about spooky stories that did this exact thing of uh, it's not that they invented it. It's all the devil at the crossroads, right? Right. Doing, selling your soul to uh, to be able to play the guitar, but like that leaned into you sign this deal to be an amazing guitar player, and because you can't stop, you're like cutting your hands up on the strings mm-hmm. and like. You're just bleeding more and more. Uh, it's, it's a cool idea. There's not much more to this one than, and then he played forever. Right. Yeah, oh. and then the dad comes in and it's like, yeah, man, play the hits, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> now you're playing my music. Yeah, exactly. That's that's that good old-fashioned bluegrass that we 90s parents <laughs> love. <laughs> just you're doing some Dave Matthews, man. <laughs> oh, my God, that'd be awesome. I heard you can't stop playing. Hands go marching. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just full on yacht rock, man. <laughs> uh, I mean, I thought that the second one was pretty good too. But uh, Layden, you already alluded to it with Tune oh, Tomorrow. Tune in do tomorrow. Wanna, yeah. Do you want to talk about it a little bit? Yeah, Tune in Tomorrow is. I love how every single character in a Goosebumps story is very explicit about. Hi, my name is Jake. I'm 12 years old. Uh, but this second one is uh, this girl starts watching a soap opera, and then everything that happens in the soap opera suddenly happens to her. Oh, but she shit. like won't catch on on it. So like the the turn at the end is that like 
the the TV turns off and it was like it was a show within a show and the people watching the show were like, damn, that bitch is stupid. I can't believe she didn't figure that <laughs> yeah. out. Yeah, there's three Yo. there's three levels in the fake out okay. that I think Paul, you pit you essentially pitched earlier. Like the Oh, the the, the Sim City thing? Yeah, like uh, you're following Elizabeth who is bored. Uh, and I also love that the town's called, I, I kept thinking it was called Watergate, but it's called Westgate. So I was like, what a strange connection. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> oh, the kids will certainly appreciate this reference to a presidential <laughs> scandal. Uh, but like, is she, Elizabeth is bored with nothing to do, but thankfully they have cable and like 72 channels. Mm-hmm. And I just thought the detail that it's needed for the premise, but that she's like, you know what sounds good? A soap opera. Like, there's nothing I would rather watch less as a kid than Days of Our Lives. Uh, I, I'm looking at the trivia for this one. Apparently, she is from Philadelphia, and it, yep. of course, it references Rocky in it because we cannot. We are in. Inex- we are just stuck to that. To that. Yeah, movie. I wanted to ask you about that, Paul. On on your take on it, there's a kind of mean letter where uh, there's a whole there's a whole side plot about Elizabeth having a friend back in Philly, and they share. Oh a yeah. Hamster. Are they really mean? Are is the friend really mean? They're kind of mean. Like, I, I don't know. It's, it's supposed to be paying off that, like, you know, the, the girl on the TV that she's watching, her name is, like, Eleanor, but it's spelled wrong. Like, uh-huh. E-L-I-N-O-R. Oh, yeah, if, I see that. If your name is spelled like that, let me know. Would love to know, but I think someone misspelled it. Uh, <laughs> like, Eleanor gets a bad letter, so, of course, uh, I had to keep changing her name. Elizabeth gets a bad letter, which is a letter from her friend in Philly, uh-huh. who's, <laughs> who's like, not only did the hamster we share die, sorry, but, oh, man, I keep seeing, t- this is the quote. I went to the art museum yesterday and watched the tourists run up and down the steps like Rocky in the movies. Boy, did they look stupid. Is that a thing that Philadelphia people believe? Oh, Paul? yeah, we do hate that. We do absolutely. I mean, like, we hate <laughs> oh. everything here, though. We find a way to hate every single thing. So that's just a higher level of hate for us, though. Yes. Okay. I thought I, that, I, that, that this letter, like, the turn in this letter was worse than the actual ending of the story <laughs> because it's after that. It's, you know, like, ah, ha, ha, tourists are dumb. Then, mm-hmm. quote, Liz, the letter continued, I know I promised I would visit you this summer, but Kathy Morrison asked me to go to her place at the Jersey Shore. I hope you understand. <laughs> P.S. Lucky escaped from his cage last week. We looked all over, but we didn't find him until it was too late. I buried him in the yard. Sorry. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's, that's it. it. Ice cold. Well, fuck you. I like Kathy Morrison better. Also, your hamster ate shit. Sorry. Yeah. Jokes on her. Jersey Shore sucks. She buried the she buried she buried the lead with that though she really did. <laughs> yeah, you got to sandwich that in between. You got to be like, "Hope you're doing well. Have you played the new Sega Genesis game?" Meanwhile, by the way, Lucky died, but also Jersey Shore sounds cool. Mm-hmm. Like you gotta you gotta you gotta sandwich it in there. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I had a uh, hamster dying story. I guess that kind of that that's a real like I'm not burying the lead. That's just straight up. Uh, you know when you're a kid and they do the like oh there's a class hamster and mm-hmm. everybody gets it for like a day or a week or whatever. Uh, I got the class hamster and it fucking died. It died on you. Uh, <laughs> it died on on my round, oh. not through any negligence. Right. But then my mom wrapped it in tin foil and put it in the freezer because she didn't know what else to do with it. <laughs> and then you go back to school and you're a pariah. Like, yeah, we treated him like a thing of lasagna. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you can thaw him out uh, or put it in the oven at 425 for like you know 30 minutes. <laughs> you get a nice little roast out of it. You get a little <laughs> bit of gravy in that pan. Roast. You get some chopped up onions. That's uh-huh. food. <laughs> uh, and and yeah, like Layden uh, has already covered the the end twist of that soap opera is that very weirdly formatted pull out in the last paragraph that mm-hmm. while Elizabeth is opening the door implied to be bad luck 
Lisa is watching in another reality and is frustrated that Elizabeth, her show Life with Elizabeth, is not going anywhere interesting. Right. Well, here's a question for you. In a lot of these stories, uh, how many of the kids were like desperately stupid? Because there were like <laughs> multiple, like where you're just like, wow, this kid is like, for, there's a couple times where in just overall reading all these Goosebumps books that you're like, R.L. Stein really does not respect the intelligence of children. Uh, R.L. <laughs> Stein hates children. He, I think he oh, hates yeah. children. I think he does. Yeah. Well, I don't know. He's... You tell me. One of the stories in this book is called Stuck in 1957, where a girl finds a pair of cat eye glasses, goes back to the 50s, and mm-hmm. at the beginning of the story, she's like, I love my hair. My hair is so fucking dope. I'm going to wash my hair. And then her mom, her fake 50s mom, cuts her bangs so they look stupid. Oh. Oh. She finally gets back to the present, and she's like- <laughs> I can't go to school with these bangs. I got to go back to the 50s. Fuck this. So then she <laughs> goes I and lives in the that 50s. One? <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> it's right before Mirror Mirror. Oh, yeah. I just, I, I somehow skipped over it. That's, that's so nuts. Somebody that's didn't the turn. do the reading. I, I did. I'm well, listen, I, I wasn't even sure I was reading the right book at this point. So I was, uh, that's Well, I mean, that's it's like the, the story turn. after that is just the, uh, the Treehouse of Horror where they start cooking the kids in the school. That's cool. Mm, yeah, that, that, that's that's that Treehouse of Horror was pretty cool. It's pretty dope. <laughs> I like, I, I'm always advocating for more child death in cinema. <laughs> I'm with you. I, anytime a child died in one of these books, I felt satisfied. Uh, and there's uh, there's a couple. St- How many child deaths did you guys get? I think I got at least four. Hmm. Ooh, I, I, I should have done it. a kill count while I was going through it. There, there's like an implied two death in live bait. Okay. Um, yeah. Marcy is the twist is that all the kids are orangutans. Which okay. Is funny. Mm-hmm. The ghost sitter. Oh yeah. There's the implication that the entire family is going to die in that one. Okay. Yeah. Spelling. I mean, I guess I guess at the end of like tomorrow one, the soap opera one, like presumably that character died, but do, are they even real? So does it matter? Right. Uh, right. the the lunchbox one. There was the very real threat of starving to death. That one was kind of uh, upsetting <laughs> in that regard. Yeah, I like. I uh, love it when he has like a good implied uh, horrid death that's coming for the kid at the end. Yeah, I think that was most of them, which is also like you're getting at Paul. The, the these kids are particularly dumb, probably just for the sake of like, well, we got 15 pages to get this premise out. Right, the kid needs to walk into the room that says "death away." I have, like he, they had. I found that when he the dumber the kid or the meaner the kid, the more horrible of an ending that kid was going to get. I think that's a classic like horror trope, right? Like you got to really make yeah. me like despise the kid before you're going to put some horrible shit into their life. And he does that. Okay, he so does that repeatedly through this. This is a thing that I just noticed on the little like you know flap before you get to the table of contents. Mm-hmm. If you purchase this book without a cover, you should be aware that this book is stolen property. It mm-hmm. was reported as unsold and destroyed to the publisher, and neither the author nor the publisher has received any payment for this stripped book. I've never seen that before. No, no, that doesn't happen. That's a lie. That's a lie that R.L. Stein made up. No, I I remember <laughs> being a kid. <laughs> that's what big big book is uh, the lie that they're big pushing stein, yeah big stein wants you to think that. <laughs> uh but the the when i was a kid in school like i feel like the goosebumps books never had a fucking cover really just be like i don't know what this one is yeah were they being ripped off by like some vandal or did you go to a criminal <laughs> somebody school? who really hates rl stein it's like oh you hate kids well i hate you you're not getting a penny for this book yeah <laughs> They probably cost pennies on the dollar. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> They're basically pamphlets. 
<laughs> so wait, Paul, tell us about the the uh, mystery stories in your book. And the thing is, you could have not read this book and you could completely bullshit and we would believe you. I, so keeping yeah, that in mind. I will make up a couple stories and see if you guys believe me that those actually happened. Mm. Uh, so be, be ready to shout those out when you figure out that I'm lying. Uh, so, okay. Uh, Jonathan Frake's voice, fact or fiction? Never happened. That was a lie. <laughs> we got you. Not this time. <laughs> I'll say this. This is definitely real. There's a story where a kid has a friend called Dweezel the Weasel. And I thought that was cool. I thought that was a really cool 90s name. Like, that's some um, Polly Shore. How was, how was Dweezel spelled? D- ready for this? It's even better because Weasel's not even spelled right. Dweezel spelled... <laughs> Dweezel was spelled D-W-E-E-Z-E-L, Dweezel. Oh, it's almost oh. like Dweezel Zappa. Like it's kind of, he's getting close to Dweezel Zappa territory. Yeah, what is this, a Neil Gaiman character? <laughs> yeah, What's right, going on? Yeah, right. <laughs> and then Weasel is spelled like Weasel, but with a Z as well. I guess because he's kind of a punk. I get, sure, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Does so Dweezel the, the Weasel die? Sadly, uh, Dweezel the Weasel lives, uh, and the kid in the book, uh, suppo- I think, dies at the end of it. So Dweezel gets gets to live and and carry on being Dweezel the Weasel for the rest of his life. Wait, what's the premise of that one? This one's, that, what's like the hook? This one's great because it's mentioned on the back of the book, but the back of the book gets the plot wrong, which is great. Uh, so in this one, it's about a hot day in the summer in, in, I'm assuming, New York City, and the kid lives in a like a high-rise apartment, and it's super hot, and he's got this fish tank that he like loves looking in. And one day he figures out that he can do this series of hand motions where he draws on the water and then it sucks him into the water and he becomes fish sized. Uh, in the back of the book, okay. in the back of the book, it says he turns into a fish, but it's very clear in the book that he does not turn into a fish, but a very small version of himself and <gasps> uh, and swims around in the tank and he kills one of the fish with a spear in in the in his fish tank. Uh, his mom tries to flush him down the toilet. He survives <gasps> that terror. Uh, only to go, only to get, and then he and then he becomes human size again, and then he gets tempted by fate to go back into the water because it's so hot. And then his mom puts uh, Chinese fighting fish into the tank with him, and he dies. Jesus Christ, mom! <laughs> Chinese fighting implied fish. implied death. Holy shit! <laughs> it was pretty cool. It, that's where the book really took off. That was story three. It was it, it really started to kick off on that at that point. I mean, the way you're describing it, Paul, when you said like getting sucked into the pipe, I was picturing that like Junji Ito, the the comic no. of a fault side of thing there of like getting stretched into yes. like a human, a, a, a pipe sized human yeah. as opposed to this is my up. hole. Um, this is my hole. I must go I in getting, and I was getting some some Ito vibes from this book. Actually, there were a couple of them where I was like reading it. I was like, this is giving me some Ito shit here. There's one that's all about horniness for gummy candy. Like, it's just straight up about <laughs> a bunch of kids that are just horny for gummy candy. Like, they're, like, all about it. And they discover a monster on the beach, a sucker monster, that mm-hmm. uh, that is also horny for gummy candy. And literally the whole thing, it just revolves around these kids being obsessed with eating gummy worms. And that's the whole thing. The whole book. The whole huh. Book. It's crazy. What's it's, the it, turn? They're just so horny for it. They just, like... <laughs> They fuck a bag of gummy worms or what? Basically. <laughs> Basically. It's those big, like, five-foot, like, gummy worm ones you always saw on those, like, novelty internet sites. And they're just like, oh, I just got to keep eating this endless gummy worm. I got to keep going. Again, in Junjin. Got to deep throat this gummy. In Ito fashion. They're just horny for some gummies and, and it kills them. 
it, it's, it's it's fucking weird. It's like a truly a weird story. Like these kids are like getting beat up by bullies. The boy smells gummies. He can smell the gummy candy on the kids, which Ugh. look, can either of you smell a gummy candy? Like, can you smell it from far away through someone's clothes? Sour I Patch Watermelons. You... Okay, maybe yeah. those. That's true. I say if you're cracking open like a tub of them and that, that stored air is coming out, you sure, definitely can smell the gummy. Sure, but in a kid's like sweaty pants, no. Oh, <laughs> no, I would be really worried about that. It was weird. Uh, I'm trying to think of other really good ones. There were some actual good ones in in mine. Uh, There's one called The Cat's Tale, which was, a, was, was like super like Pet Cemetery-ish where this cat tried to kill this girl. And it had this really creepy uh, rhyme that it kept whispering to her about nine lives and how it was going to steal hers before its nine lives ran out. And then she has to kill the cat, which was I found very disturbing. Uh, she she kills the cat. There's a lot of pet killing in mind for some reason. Yeah. Hmm. And then so and then R.L. Stein hates children and hates animals. Pets. And at, that's it, right. That, like I said at the beginning, Leighton, I thought you would read the same one as me. He really hates pets and poison ivy. Uh, as a indoor kid. Also, I totally get that. He makes Poison Ivy into a monster in one of his stories in this one. Um, but he hates nature, basically. Uh, hmm. There's also one, there's a crazy one, um, where this girl finds a shell. This is very Junji Ito as well. Finds a shell on the beach, and there's a tiny voice inside of it screaming, help me. And she uh, keeps talking to the shell. Also, she's horny for shells. Uh, and because she's going to take it back to school and everyone's going to love her shell collection, which is a totally like as, a again, a dorky kid, uh, the kind of, um, you know, delusion that you suffer from that you think will finally make people like you uh, is her, like her shell. Her shell collection delusion is, is one of those. Uh, and she mm. she finds the shell and she's and it's screaming for her to help it. It tells her to go inside of a cave. She goes inside. She witnesses a bunch of horrors. And then she finds all with the promise of when I take you into this cave and you help me, you're going to you're going to find the greatest, biggest shell of all time. And you're going to be famous oh. because people are going to love this famous giant shell. And then what do you what do you guys think happens? I'll let you guess. She's in the shell and she's the one saying, help me. That's what yeah, I, that's what I thought too. I thought you know, I, th- I thought she'd go into the shell and become some sort of slug that's, monster. That's what right? I thought too. I thought that's the better ending. I agree with both of you that that's the better ending. <laughs> what actually happens is it's just a giant hermit crab, and it was a baby hermit crab talking to her in the t- in the small shell, and it it led the food to her mom, and that was the ending. Wow. So there there seem to be uh, some like really common overarching themes here because uh-huh. we had one in ours that was like kids go fishing. This creepy old man uh, is using them as bait to catch a bigger fish. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's, it seems like a lot of them are like, I am going to lead you to a creature that is going to eat you. <laughs> yes, definitely. And then there's like the joke ones. Like there's something strange about Marcy in this one, which is like a bunch of kids hanging out, being mm-hmm. rowdy. There's another kid who's staring at him and won't do anything. And at the end, she's like, yeah, this is, is study number 10. Like the the... They've accepted me into their own, and it's mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, I just now realized I'm an orangutan. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the best ones because it's like jokes on you, you idiot reader. You read this whole story and it was stupid, you know. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like the the classical novel version of that twist, right? The well, I never said that they were humans in right. like, a classic work of fiction. 
you know, H.G. Wells. I was gonna, yeah, I, I was going to say there's like... I a, can't think of... It's like kind of like Twilight Zone, right? There were like some Twilight Zone yeah. ones where they would like flip you at the end and they'd be like, surprise, the whole time, it, you know, or like uh, Planet of the Apes, surprise, it was on Earth the whole time, you know? Right, like, yeah. They get you with those classic twists. Uh, or they were actually really big or uh-huh. normal size and they were tiny. Mm-hmm, yes, they get you with, with th- those with those old chestnuts. It feels cheaper in, in at least books like this, particularly because the 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 trick, right, or the illusion, the misdirect that they're doing mm-hmm. is on a withholding of information mm-hmm. as opposed to, yeah, you're right, the Twilight Zone, I'm thinking of, I can't remember the name of the episode, the one where, like, everyone is is hideous and has kind of, like, pig yeah. faces and yeah. they're, they, like, that is a, a twist, but you're also, like, aware of the concept early on and then getting to play with it as opposed to... Well, I didn't say they had noses, so haha. Like, got them. Uh-huh. Got, got them. It's a different. It's such a different. Okay. Uh, feeling. I'll give you like it's not quite the same, but it was like one of those moments that like really pissed me off because it was just a, a stupid detail to begin with that he that RL brought back later. So there's one in this <laughs> called uh, which one is it? It's you gotta believe me. It's called, and it's about this kid uh who whose parents don't let him watch tv and her his his mom says don't you sit in front of that box that tells you how to think which definitely is the type of parent that now is subscribed to facebook conspiracy groups and 100 (laughs) percent believes them like absolutely that's the parent that we're dealing with uh and uh he so he's not allowed to watch tv so he spends all of his nights upstairs in his room looking out into the sky with a telescope and he says he always sees ufos and he's got an older sister who picks on him, and she's always sneaking out early to put on makeup, which is a weird thing that R.L. Stein says. R.L. Stein hates makeup. He, there are many of these that are like, girl was vain. Yeah. She should die. She should die for that, right. That's enough of a flaw. She dies now. Uh, there, there's, there's that. And then there's his younger brother, who the only feature this kid is given is that he likes to make giant balls of aluminum foil. And I'm gonna cut to the, I'm gonna cut to the chase. I kind of get it. It's, I kind of get that. I feel like I, I guess, but like it's a, that's his, the kid's only feature, his only characteristic. Uh, and so like I'm like, okay, well I'll just you know waltz past that weird detail and just keep going with the story. And then you get to the end of it. He finds out that aliens are gonna invade. He wants to reflect their alien like brainwaves back at them. So he needs to make a giant aluminum foil mirror. He keeps calling it. And he doesn't have enough foil, and then he goes and he steals his brother uh, brother's aluminum foil ball, and it's just like okay, like RL got to the end of this story and was like, "Fuck, I got to invent another sibling so that I can give this kid a little more aluminum foil," and he throws that in, there. and it's just like those are the like the, like you're saying like the types of things where you're like, "Come on, man, come on," <laughs> you you like withheld some information from me, or you gave me some like bullshit information that seemed useless just so you could use it at the end. Also, the kid goes to Joe, Joe Piscopo High School. I'm I'm so curious what the ideation process for these is for old RL. Uh huh. Like it's just uh, I'm my my son's eating gummy worms. Yes. What right. if kids were like right? really horny for gummy He's worms? Horny for these gummy worms. <laughs> I think RL went to the mall to buy shoes from like Eddie Bauer. Uh huh. And he saw a kid in a food court just like smacking his lips. Eating gummy, and he worms. could smell it. Like also he the, could smell the yeah, scent of it. Smell it, it. Uh-huh. and this is like the one time a month that RL would leave his house because <laughs> he has asthma. Mm-hmm. And and then and like he just saw this kid and hated him. Right, just like he just he just stared at this like little five year old, just gummy smeared all over his face, and like 
I'm going to write a story about that kid being horny for gummy worms. Uh huh. <laughs> I think, I truly think, we've said it multiple times during this, but I do think that he hates kids. And I think that he wants to <laughs> enact horrors upon them. I think he, I think this is a, like a, sor- a source of pleasure for him. It's like, I'm glad that he has this outlet because God knows what yes. he'd be doing otherwise. Yes. We avoided a serial killer. This is one serial killer avoided. <laughs> you know, I'm proud of him. He's good. Like, this is better than therapy. It's like, yes. I hate kids. I wish they would fucking eat shit and die. I'm going to put a skeleton frog on this. Yeah, fuck it. Who cares? That's going to scare him. Let's get some trauma in here, baby. Can, can you imagine an alternate universe where RL wasn't an author and there's like the mine hunter dudes are like, who is this RLS? Uh-huh. And, and why is and why is he leaving mohawked skeletons? He's he's shaving all of their heads, their bodies. What is he doing? Uh-huh. He he leaves behind notes that are like the zodiac letter, but it's like if you think you should catch me, turn to page fifty. Oh my god! <laughs> no. No. Uh, he's writing notes about sour smells and falling hard on your hands and knees. You know, all 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 the classic tropes. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's like here's my manifesto, and then they're like, Jesus Christ, what's the psycho psychological profile on this man? There's just so much stuff about kids being stupid. <laughs> I I think uh, I think we've dialed in on the core essence of RL even more than we ever have before. Hold on, I do have to say something. I'm looking, so I've been looking at the wiki page for the one you you two read because I needed to, you know, keep just see like what you guys were dealing with. Yeah. There's a second author listed on your book. <gasps> oh shit, I didn't notice that. Mm-hmm. Carolyn Crimmy. Uh, Carolyn Crimmy. I'm, look- I'm looking to see where it's listed on the actual paper at all. Is, it, is, she, ri- is she written in there at all? Because apparently he had a second writer going. I do not see anything Neither in the... Neither do I. Now, something about Layton that we talk about all the time is the definite ghostwriters that that were absolutely helping to churn yes. out these books, right? Yeah. Well, and there's also... I've read a lot of stuff like, you know, I read a lot of writing... Uh, <laughs> fucking writing let's plays uh-huh. uh, hey guys what's up today we're gonna be talking about Oxford commas be sure to smash that motherfucking like um, <laughs> I'm definitely team I'm definitely team Oxford comma by the way but like he churns these out in like two days or something ridiculous yeah. like that yeah um, mm-hmm. well there's that, so that makes there, sense there's also that quote uh, Chad I think you posted it recently where he said oh, my books God. mean nothing which I think is oh, really funny God. I wanted, yeah, all right, if we're going to talk about, yeah, let's talk about that. I, okay, it, it, Nisha, it, all right, <laughs> dude. It, it, that one broke me. Someone in, uh, you know what it was? It was in our in our Discord. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, some fans were sharing, uh, some listeners were sharing. It's presumptuous to say fans, but if you're in the Discord, I guess sure. you're a fan. Uh, we're sharing a YouTube comic reviewer uh, who was breaking down RL's recent run on Swamp Thing. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, Swamp Thing. I, I literally always get Swamp Thing and Man Thing confused it, every time. It's Swamp Wait, Thing, the, right? The show, the Marvel, the Marvel uh, comics. Uh, oh, Swamp okay, thing. gotcha. Man Thing, Man Thing, Man Thing is Marvel. Swamp. No, thing you're is right. DC. It is Man Thing. Yes. Yeah, Man Thing, and I like Man Thing actually more. But the like, RL did a recent run of Man Thing, and if you haven't seen it, Layden, it is like the cringe. I hate using the word cringe. It's the cringiest dialogue of trying to be cool. Uh, like. You know, old characters like Man Thing talks like just a dude's doing puns, <laughs> which is not what fucking Man Thing is. Mm-hmm. He's Hold not a on, pun I'm man. Looking at 
Uh, but like jokes about like ancient alien, an ancient angel that Man Thing interacts with, ta- making jokes about Bitcoin, and Man Thing finds a boot in the swamp and goes, "Ah, it's a boot. It's a bummer. It's not my size, size four hundred and twelve. Nice. It's like all it's jovial Bob Stein uh-huh. taking this one of the scariest Marvel properties and making him just a fucking claw, goofing it up." horrendous it's it's genuinely really bad comics and the art's great it's a shame uh yeah the art does and, look really nice yeah the, the the whatever illustrator uh penciler like inkers who got teamed up with rl i'm so sorry because you deserved you deserved better uh and, but there's some quotes from rl i'm trying to find them in the discord he, he literally uh, well, it's basically him saying i don't stand by anything if that's it's his version of that quote I know. I'm gonna. I'm gonna find it because it's such an important quote to me. Like it. It. When I found this, I wanted to actually share it with you all because this is like this is like him admitting his sins. Well, the, this is this is the end of the jinx uh-huh. where Robert Durst says, "I killed them all." Like, <laughs> I, killed them all I did. <laughs> I, did. Uh, uh, I don't know what happened to him. Uh, <laughs> it's just this quote that uh, I'm trying to find it. Uh, let's see. Well, it, it, it's great because he says that you know. The stories are just the stories. They don't. Have, there's no deeper uh, subtext okay. of them, right? You, oh, th- you found, found it. You found it. Good. Yeah, good. Uh, these are two different quotes. Um, I forget what the original source is, but this guy. Co- the, the video is called "Comic Tropes." The channel. Uh, if you want to look them up, Dutch. Uh, but let's see. Uh, this quote from RL. I don't think about themes. I'm a plot guy, just a story guy. All my books are just totally plot driven. The main theme as it develops is there's going to be chaos on Earth unless Man Thing can rescue Old Father. That's not a theme. <laughs> Like, it makes me so mad. <laughs> and this other quote. Does nobody know what a fucking theme is anymore? <laughs> no, I don't think no, so. Yeah. Uh, and then this other quote, which is just like such a, it's so disrespectful to me. No, I just write a plot. I plan everything. I plan every Goosebump book. I do an outline. Fucking bullshit, by the way. You do not have an outline. I And I plan everything out first. But I'm all plot driven. But I never have anything I want to say. Goosebumps books have no messages. The only message is run away. They have no morals. They're all for entertainment. This comic book is the same way. I that that oh my God. Quote, like really hurt that day in the Discord. <laughs> I think people who were part of it saw me like breaking. We were like, it's impossible. Like, look, we have discovered that there are books that are definitely about puberty, books that are definitely about divorce. We know, RL, that you got these things going on in your head and you're putting them out. We're we're you know we're Carl Young in you right now. We're get we're going into your <laughs> we're finding your archetypes and we we're we're psychoanalyzing you. We got you, buddy. We got you. I, I, this is interesting. Yeah. I just sorry. No, no, please. I'm literally just flabbergasted rereading these again. It's like an affront to everything I believe in writing. But please I just, go ahead. <laughs> I I just found a quote from an NPR interview. Uh, I don't ever try to think of ideas. I always just think of titles, and uh-huh. then the title leads me to yep. the story. One day I was walking my dog in the park here in New York, and these words flashed into my mind. Little shop of hamsters. Where? <laughs> Why? I don't know where it came Shut from. What could be up. scary about hamsters? <laughs> could maybe there be a thousand of them? Or maybe there'd be a giant <laughs> hamster? <laughs> What's scarier than one hamster? A thousand, a thousand of them. A thousand hamsters. I, I, I just like... I, I saw, I remember even in the YouTube video where these quotes were posted, there were people like, I think it's pretty cool that he doesn't care about plot and is just writing scary stories. But like, if you really don't care about even having something you want to say or even a like half ass theme, yeah. like at that point you're just doing like, 
the equivalent of like data entry. Right. Kind of thing. Right. Like, Why are you even making art if you're like, I have no message? Right. I, no I have nothing to say. I was going to do say. some funny puns. I got some funny jokes and puns to say. I, I guess like at least even Airplane was like playing off of the disaster trope movies of the time. Right. Like there's at least something right. that they're saying. Yeah. It's like, do you respect children so little that you're like, they don't even deserve a message. This is just yeah. words on a page. Those little shits wouldn't even understand it if I had a message in these things. They wouldn't even care. Those little gummy, gummy eating snots. Like I, I, I don't know. I bet if you even asked Michael Bay about Transformers, he could at least pull out of his ass that it's the first ones about like a teenage rebellion sure. and getting their first car or something. Like yeah, anything of a a theme or a uh, a parallel or <laughs> anything to pull from. But just right. Nah, I just kind of like I just write outline. It's all plot. I just think about a thousand hamsters and that seems scary to me. <laughs> like that's so depressing. <laughs> He's not sitting there like, all right, Joseph Campbell's the hero's journey. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, I want to do a deep character analysis. I want some character growth. No, the character growth is that they're dumb, and then the end point is that they face consequences for being for fucking being dumb. stupid, and those consequences involve getting eaten by a giant hamster. Yes, or a thousand hamsters. Which apparently that that is actually a, a Goosebumps book. Hold on. Oh yeah. I, I, well, yes. Yeah, I don't. I don't know which one he's referring to. First, I thought maybe he retroactively came up with Monster Blood Two that way, but no. It's it's because that has a hamster getting large. I don't know what the thousand hamster one is. Is there another hamster book? Little Shop of Hamsters. God, if that didn't make if that got left on the editing pile. Little. What a shop missed opportunity. Hamsters. Maybe it's maybe it's. Oh no, it's a book. Is it Goosebumps Two Thousand? Oh, it's Goosebumps Horrorland, which was published in 2010. Oh, gotcha. We haven't dipped our toes into those yet. I'm still not sure what the actual like framing of the Horrorland series is. Right, right, right. Is it? Are they all just tied in? It sounds like this is he gets a hamster from the Horrorland gift shop. Mm. Yeah, it, it it seems like they knew that Horrorland might might. I always wanted to read one of these, and by the way, Layden, maybe we need to have you back to to cover one of these. But uh-huh. yeah, uh, like I, it feels like at some point in the 2010s. The aughts, they at least realize that like Horrorland is one of the most recognizable Goosebumps places. Mm-hmm. So they just they just made it there. Once they had the Google uh, search, you know, the keyword search information, they knew what the to really plug away at. Yeah, it's like Slappy and Horrorland, and then maybe Monster Blood. What can we run with those? So that- I'm reading this synopsis, and it makes absolutely zero sense. <laughs> Try reading the whole book; it's great. A whole book is always a lot of fun to read. It's true. <laughs> I want, I, out of context, Paul, I want that on a poster in a library. A whole lot, a whole book, a is, whole book is a lot of fun to read. <laughs> yeah, it's like one of the LeVar Burton like leaning against a tree holding yeah. a book. Yo, you're holding a volleyball for some reason. Like it's not even a sport. If I could, play. if I could be remembered for one quote, I think I would take that as being the quote I'm remembered for. <laughs> Just make that poster and sell it. Honestly, see how many kids' libraries you could get it into. <laughs> I'll stand by those words. <laughs> uh, uh, guys, I, my soul is crushed enough that I think I think we've covered these books well enough. Do you, do you all have any uh, parting thoughts or latest? Yeah, Layton, la- la- what did you think? Yeah. What did you think of your ten spooky stories? I it's it's interesting. You know, I don't think I've read a Goosebumps book since I was a small child, which mm-hmm. I imagine is probably the same for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, Boy, it's it's funny because they read like the kind of stories that you write as a kid. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, this, it, it, it's so like, 
direct, I guess, in a very uncomplicated way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. They're fine. <laughs> it, it, I, I like don't want to revisit them because I don't want to taint the magic of like being a child yep. and being mm-hmm. like, damn, this is twisted. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's so much funnier. It's so much nicer when you think of RL as this crypt keeper, master of horror. Right. And then when you rewatch the videos, you're like, He's just kind of a bored old man. He's just kind of there, like, hello, I'm RL. Welcome to the Yeah, when you search him up, one of the first things that comes up is New York Magazine. RL Stein explains Shakira Shakira tweet. (laughs) Well, well, okay. I I see also, I want to know everything about that, and it's almost better not. Yeah, some things are better left. uh, Some stones are better left unturned, and I think I'm just going to leave that one laying on the ground i i don't want to hear rl say in any way hips don't lie i don't want like to to even connect whatever that could possibly be about <laughs> i this is the most a- asinine interview i have ever seen <laughs> 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 i'm not kidding hold on look at this shit let's see okay this is on uh new york mag wow if you're looking up rl stein explains that shakira tweet God, just look at the him. The image is just great. Look, yeah. Just look how miserable he looks as he's in that image Photoshop next to Shakira. Oh, so he just tweeted Shakira, Shakira, huh? And now this is an article. <laughs> I thought there was more to the tweet. No, in July 7th, 2018, just Shakira, comma, Shakira, exclamation. But he just thought, thought it would be funny to tweet Shakira, Shakira. I was walking down the street and I thought Shakira, Shakira, and I thought that would be a good tweet. <laughs> Have you seen the movie Zootopia? Zootopia, the one with the bunny rabbits. <laughs> yeah, the he he. You, I really liked that gazelle character. I can't explain it. I don't know why. This is the shortest interview ever. This must have taken like two minutes. The the the, the reporter called, asked like six questions, and was like, "I'm out of here." Well, I love that there's the italics at the end. Editor's note: interview has been edited and condensed oh, okay, for clarity. Okay, there we go. Was this three hours long, where he went into a fugue state and just ranted about Shakira and how much he hates children and wishes them a violent death? This is this is the last question. Like, really sums up the tone of this interview. Back in 2010, you tweeted in search of the song of summer and listed Shakira's "Waka Waka" among your contenders. What do you think is the song of summer for 2018? I've been listening to Havana a lot. Editors know the interview has been edited and condensed for clarity. End of interview. <laughs> That's it. Like, I think RL just hung up on them mid-interview. It was like, I, I gotta go. Some porridge is boiling. I gotta get over to it. This is, this is like, this is something. I've never seen this before, Leighton. Thank you for bringing this to our attention. This Can is- you imagine writing this article and like turning it in and being like, I'm done. Pay me, please. <laughs> This is the definition of a puff piece. This is like reached a new level. This right. in itself, like R.L. Stein's going to read this and be like, hmm, Shakira, Shakira. That could be a book. That could be a book. I'll write that book. <laughs> and then the uh, follow-up tweet, everybody Wang Chung tonight, which is another, which is great. Okay. Yeah. And then, yeah, sure. I mean, it's a good, it's a good song. Has anybody ever written like a parody Goosebumps book about R.L. Stein specifically? Huh? Because there's the Goof Flumps. There is book Goof there, Flumps, I and I don't. We haven't read one of those yet. Uh, what the heck is I that? Had, I had those because I was just buying everything Goosebumps I could find. Uh, parody series written by Tom Hughes under the pseudonym pseudonym R.U. Slime. Okay. Really got him. Mm-hmm. Got him. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> you put out two books, uh, stay out of the bathroom and eat cheese and barf. Mm-hmm. Really high end 
high-end parody books. That's very close to, uh, Leighton, to your title that you came up with, Eat Shit and Die, which was a, another good one <laughs> Maybe you should write. Maybe you should write that book. Eat shit and die, and it's about our Eat shit side. and die, written by Enitz Lr. Um, and it, it's like a misery story where you just capture RL and keep him alive. <laughs> it's like RL. I have you chained in a room on the opposite end. Is chained a child every day. The the chain will get one foot longer. One of you will have to eat the other. <laughs> it's only a matter of time. Face your worst fears, RL. It's time. Your time has come. <laughs> Wait, isn't doesn't the uh, Goosebumps movie with Jack Black? Isn't he R.L. Stein? Oh yeah, he yeah, is. He, he is. I guess that's making fun of him. It's pretty. It's pretty nice to R.L. Honestly, yeah, it's pretty kind to him. He isn't like unhinged child killer. No, and then he's doesn't also have in a John the, Wayne Gacy style uh, <laughs> under the house cemetery. God, that's a, God. A they should have not tasteful joke. Don't worry. No, I, don't worry. I'm fine. I'm fine with it. I mean, like... We love to get dark. I think... I'd say it's pretty nice. The movie's pretty nice to RL. We still haven't watched the second one. We need to. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and RL's in the, at the end of the first movie as a cameo playing Mr. Black as a... Do you get it? They swapped. They swapped. Mm-hmm. Jack Black and RL swapped places. That's so but clever. It, <laughs> even then, I almost... It feels like the writer of that movie either had to do a pass to be nice to RL or just didn't care enough about knocking at the at the po- the totem of rl so to speak and like poking fun of him it's, pre- it's the, pretty d- the it's director's pretty cut really took uh it throws all the scenes where they're just going on endless tirades against rl stein for putting them through this like they <laughs> they cut all that out but it is in the preferred director's version the unrated yeah the unrated cut the unrated the criterion collection yes yeah <laughs> <laughs> There's a whole extra 30 minutes of black and white. I do have a question for you, Leighton. Will you, now that you've read a Goosebumps book as an adult, will you wear your Goosebumps shirt again? Yeah, of course. Okay. It's bitching. Great. Awesome. Every time so- I, like, I, I never get more compliments on an article of clothing than when I wear that shirt. <laughs> okay, cool. And I got it from Hot Topic. Oh, of course. Oh, of course. Is Goosebumps now enough retro that it's in Hot Topic? Of course it is. Yeah, of course. Of course it is. Okay, yeah, so I. Yes. What is the current state of Hot Topic? Does it still? They're probably out of business, right? Exist I... <laughs> otherwise, other than a punchline. I went to one. Uh, I I think it's interesting that the Hot Topics from I've gone into now have gotten more um, like GameStopy, where like oh. uh, all before the outbreak, like there's a mo- one in a couple of Hollywood I'd, I'd walk through for fun. It's a little more like anime, like Naruto shirts everywhere, and. And that kind of like, oh, it's a little less uh, AFI and mindless self-indulgence type bands. <laughs> and like rubber bracelets and uh, yeah, it, like I I, uh, I made you a waffle, but I eated it. Yes. Oh, my <laughs> God. God. You just brought you just like flashed me back. Holy shit. <laughs> oh, my God. Haven't thought about that. <sighs> like a rubber bracelet that says I'm fluid in sarcasm. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> the last time I watched into our, uh, Hot Top, actually, I remember like, because I'm always like, well, you know, maybe there'll be like a cool discount anime shirt that's on clearance that I'll pick up just for fun. Mm-hmm. And and I remember the last time I was in a Hot Topic, they had just like half the store had put most of their shirts in this giant like clearance pile at the front that was just like, we don't give a shit. Just sort through. See see if there's anything uh-huh. in there you want. Like, we, we don't care. Yeah, I mean, there, there's always been sort of that that divide between Spencer's gifts and Hot Topic, which like Spencer's mm-hmm. commits to really not giving a shit. Right, right. Yeah. Or it's mm-hmm. like, you want vibrators? You want a big fat dildo? Do you want 
do you want a mug that has like titties on it? Yeah. Go fucking wild, man. Who cares? You're trying to you're trying to be a goofball. You're trying to fuck. Trying to be a goofball that fucks. What are you trying to do in here? You, know? <laughs> you guys like weed? Yeah, Meanwhile, right. hot topics like if you spend two hundred dollars, we'll give you a five dollar coupon. <laughs> right. Oh, uh, nothing says nothing says punk rock rebellion than saving saving five percent rewards cards. Yeah. <laughs> And sensible financial decisions. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Guys, I, I think that's good. I, I uh, think we we goosebumped. I think we goosebumped. Uh, we bumped Lane, it up. Thank you, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, yeah, it was just delightful. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. Of course, it took a long time for the stars to align, but it was definitely a pleasure and a blast. Uh, uh, we hope that you know it, this this story can inspire your works in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe more what not to do than to do. Uh, what are you talking about? Of, every single title of everything I'm doing now is going to have a stupid pun. It's going to have inaccurate skeletons on it. And <laughs> this has really stoked a deeper hatred of children in me. So thank you, RL. An inspiration to us all. Business Insider's coming back. I'll say this much. They're coming back for that second interview because they're going to need to get the profile. Shakira, Shakira. <laughs> That's all you got to tweet. <laughs> <laughs> speaking speaking of uh your future projects Layden, uh what should uh people go to check out to to see oh. what you're currently working on what you have worked on um on twitter i'm at graylish that's g-r-a-y-l-i-s-h uh, i have a podcast that i host with uh brian wecht of ninja sex party and Starbomb called late night with brian wecht it's a name that i did amazing not pick. name by the way it's amazing <laughs> <laughs> not, thank not you pick. but uh it's it's a talk show where we interview people from the internet and it's mostly mostly bullshit um and what else oh i started a horror history podcast that the next episode comes out tomorrow which will be friday the whatever day it is in this goddamn hellscape Um, (laughs) oh yeah but yeah i'm I'm working on the the history of found footage so if you want to check that out take a peep at it everything else is nda is it uh is it horror movies or is it like just horror in general Horror movies, yeah. Okay, cool. uh, so this first series is a three-parter about just like the full, extensive, like deep dive on found footage, and then God knows what future ones will be. God knows. Oh, that's really rad. What's what's the name of the podcast? If you didn't say Deep Cuts, it's on the main deep late cuts. night feed. Um, but yeah, it, it's pretty good, and I like it, and think it's cool. So if y'all like horror and hearing me rant about very nerdy film stuff, that's that's the thing for you. Sounds wonderful. Total. I'll check that out. Um, and of course, if you want to uh, find more stuff to listen to in Goosebuds, uh, you can go to our patreon.com slash Goosebuds. Supporting the show gets you access to bonus episodes, uh, the Discord that we've already mentioned several times in this episode. You can jump in and see things like me breaking down as the death of the author fully mm-hmm. takes me. Uh, <laughs> uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at uh, GooseBudsPod or email us uh, at uh, GooseBudsPod at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, please, uh, uh, Layden, you're you're an amazing person. We're really yeah. Glad thank to you have again you for coming on. We really had a thank pleasure. You. Yeah, pleasure, pleasure enduring this with you, <laughs> listeners. Thank you. Remember, kids are stupid. <laughs> Fuck them, kids. See you all next time. <laughs> bye bye. Bye bye. And 
now a reading from the Book of Names. We'd like to thank these Patreon supporters. First off, we're starting with Hollis Hornbeek, Stefan Jive Turkey Kuabara, Michael McDowell, Cameron Murphy Audia, Josh Robertson, David Cron, Nick Hinkle, Mickey C, Nathan Dolezal, Fred Atkins, Mike Lanteri, Clayton C, Alecade, Buddy Morrill, Natu Pearl Henderson, Mel Dipson, Jared Mason, Jim Greaves, Zang Keith, Joshua Lopez, Danky McStanky, Afshin, Dango Twist, Jennifer Britton, Aaron T. Strunk, Victor, Zentacles didn't start the fire, it was always burning since the world's been turning, Brian Wells, Becca McWilliams, Stealth Bates, Patrick Reynolds, Joseph Miranda, Robert Moon, Scott Colopy, Jason Crooker, Third Sergio, Jonas Blatterman, John Keady, Miguel Pardo, Clay Castle, Kath, Christina Doling, Matthew, it came from fan mail, Matt, the half-court warlock bachelor, Reinfected, Sniggy, Tyler Penner, Maddie, Gregory D. Warren, Ishak Arafin, Mikey Jello, Alan Saylor, Chosen One, Sam Hash, Paul Grasso, Cody Redfield, Joe, remember to save early and often, Scott, Trans Rights, Rich Hilborn, Walter Frazier, Aiden Alexander Dice, Bradford Coulter, Jin K, Dylan Vaughn, Justin Wagman, Taylor Dierks, Joshua Jacobwitz, two in the slink, one also in the slink, all three in the slink then. Tommy got a tummy full of murder wasps, Hoey, Ryan Shell, the John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation, Cardboard Walk, Trendy Moron, Leviathan, Rug, Up and Champ, Trent Davis, Alicia Grafe, Vincent Modica, Connor Church, Heath Robinson, Luke Noodles, Low Belly Hate Me, Joe Gorman, Carl, Brock Graham, Hugh Bolin, Zam Bambino, Blake Alvarez, Space Tiger, Anthony Kuabara, Brooke X, Moiloyster, Boney, Elusive Koala, Christian Vanskever, Yanni Markovina, Brian Hobgood, Joe, Zach Connor, Corey Shelley, Nathan Remick, Beezus Christ, Jordan Lockwood, Jake Young, Foolish for Deborah, Jeremy Lowe, Joe, Spooky Digital Ghost, Tierney, Anxious Serve, Tom Whitham, Devaldi, Kevin Hamilton, Valhalla Black, Llama Consultant, Patreon underscore donator comma yo, Carewise Gamgee, Reed Steubendick, Andrew Making Miso at Home, Jadzik, Joey Evans, Goose Time, John the Howling Eye Duda, Cameron Hansen, Nicholas Johnson, Elizabeth Steenweg, Eric England, Andrew Evans, Lord Cornwallis, Generally Depressing, Swag Bumps Night at Camp Yellow Squire, Just Garrett, Mike Roch, Haha, <laughs> gotcha. It's actually Spencer. Oh, Spencer. Goon Cahoots. Cardamom Birkenbino. Anthony from Let's Watch Something. Daddy's Happy Apple Boy. Dylan McCann. Etonomore. SNES Chalmers. I know I said SNES Chalmers. SNES Chalmers. I don't say that. I don't say that SNES. Yeah, yeah. Dan. Straightforward, non-funny name for Dom. I'm sure he appreciates it. Chris Pittman. Glenn. Jacob the Roughhand. Buffcat. Germ Juice. Sean Minogue. Jonas Ennevoldson. Dylan Eads. R.L. Slink. Boss Garretson. Zach Bush. Egg Baby. Dr. Worm. John Pigeon Hat Barber. Stinklitch. Calamity Carl. J.R. Chip. Chip Handsome. The Voyant. Claire. Jared Nudie. Alex Moon, the Robot Dog. Matt McKellen. Sarah Kemp. Nick Johnson. Tanya Turtle. Gonna interrupt you other two guys for a sec to plug my great new website, johns-story.com. Full disclosure, I looked up that URL. Looks like it's fan fiction about Halo, maybe? I don't know. 
follow at your own risk. Also, uh, check it out. Adam Morocco. Stephen Day. Chili Dish Gambino. Caden Franklin. Bad Vibes Jr. Oze. Brett. Ryan Carroll. Spencer Kimball. Sadie Kitson. S. Jeremy Bowser. Wacky Username. Robert Edward Hodgson Jr. Manuel Aviles. Megan McCormick Mason. Adam, you goofed. The Slink of Fate. Juan Jalapena. Ninja Bread Men. Note the plural. Jimmy Soul. Hood Lemon. Muscles Bear. Mud Bark. Matthew Stevens. Cameron. Jacob Foster. Got little old moi pretty freaked. Milky Nug. Parker Lee. Dakota Campion. Russell Gore. Timothy Misodoulakis. Keith Halcrow. Clay McCarthy. Aogen. Ashley W. Wesley. Wade Norcross. Chris Keeper of the Mastosphere Nelson. Stinkline the Goblin. Nata S. Same backwards. Taylor Shedden. Wonderskin. Ham underscore boat. Nicholas Butler. Kelly Sister. Jordan Slamsey. Raymond Hernandez. Comfy System. The Venomous Viper. The Crow Fence. Maggins. Zach Curry. Or Zach's Curry. Cod Salmon. Flemily. Nicole Watkins. Matthew Sutton. Jeffrey Owen Cahey. Wolfslore. Who's Ryan? Who is Ryan? Who's Ryan? Kelsey Kinnamon. Peanut Bird. Dylan Napier. And we'd like to welcome these new patrons to the Book of Names. Welcome Kit. Xavier Jimenez. Dr. Chocula. And welcome new Patreon Rum Daddy. Brendan Arafin. Welcome new Patreon Robert Allen Cook III. Chris Brutrakis. Welcome Liam Neeson's Doe. And welcome Aislinn Jilleen. And the Shrekonomicon. Welcome to the Book of Names. We love you all so very, very much. Everyone, please stay safe. Flypaper. The work of the people. Owned by the people. Supported by the people. Visit flypaper.fm.